Jade. I'm here once again in Nashville, Tennessee. April always laughs when we edit because I say I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but I just want people to know where I'm at. Like, what if one day I'm doing a podcast from like Pete Wentz's home? You know, we'll want to make the, we'll want people to know that. So they'll be like, oh, it's not Nashville, Tennessee. Jade's like living this dream and she's probably going to pass out and die now. So we'll want people to know that. Um, Okay. So first of all, I'm super excited because we got new mics. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yeah, we got new mics. Um, Cassie's not here this week, so I feel like I'm used to hearing her, like, make noise back at me, but she's not here to do it, so it's just me. But I can talk. I'm good at talking. Um, but, yeah, we have a whole little new studio set up in our office. I'm so excited. Um, we went from doing this in other people's studios to having some shitty equipment. <laughs> I apologize for the quality of the last three episodes, but you know, you got to learn, you live and you learn. And now we, we shelled out the bucks. We shelled out the bucks, got some Starbucks, shelled out the bucks, and then we made a little studio. So we have a studio here. So I'll put some pictures up and all that. And we have official mugs. Maybe I'll give some away, an official mug. So, all right. So we're going to get started today. We have two guests and I thought this would be a really fun dynamic um, and conversation. So we have Johnny Garcia who is, from what I am understanding, knowing you for the past month, a legend in the Nashville music scene, you know. Um, And then we have up-and-coming new artists. I kind of hate up-and-coming. We have artists who's already worked years and years of working your ass off, but you guys will know her soon, Sarah Ryder. So thank you guys for being here. So essentially the dynamic here is that Johnny is Sarah's producer, and Sarah is a country music artist. And let me tell you, so Sarah actually came to CrowdSurf about, I don't know, a month or two ago, um, and she was brought in by one of our publicists, Dakota Haley. Actually, Haley is not her last name. That's her Instagram name. I say that. I'll, like, say people's Instagram names like it's their last name, but it's not. It's Dakota Heflin. Dakota Haley Heflin, I guess that's her name. Um, But she brought in Sarah, and Sarah is just one of these artists that when she came in, I was like, I have to work on that. Like, I love her. Like, there was just something about her. Like, she was so charismatic. I could tell, like, she had her shit together. Like, I could feel, like, a brand oozing out of her, like, just being in the room with her, which is kind of, like, what I get off on. And I was like, this has to be a focus project for me. So I've now taken Sarah under my wing, and I love working with her. And we just shot her first music video. She's going to have her first – actually, her first song's out today because this podcast is coming out today on October 4th. And so her first song is out. It's called Another Fool. I don't yet know where it's premiering because, you know, we, we, we're recording this way ahead of time, but uh, it's going to be everywhere and I'm so excited about it. So um, just wanted to kind of dive in and maybe let's talk about that a little first. And then I want to dive in and talk about both of you guys' stories and how you were young, starry-eyed kid and wanted to work in the hell that is the music industry and why you did it, especially Johnny, how the hell you've done it for this long. You know, because you're you're a little older than me and Sarah, I'm assuming, you know, I'm getting I'm getting old up there. But um, so, yeah. So let's first talk about maybe how you guys met. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Go ahead, Sarah. OK, I'll start. So we actually met at the Bluebird Cafe officially. Oh, just let's name drop yeah. that. <laughs> he if was- you guys don't know. Well, also, let's, let's tell me what the Bluebird Cafe is. I know a lot of people kind of know it because it's kind of the place where Taylor Swift, quote unquote, was essentially I guess, discovered in a way. I mean, I know there's like a a big story there with that, but can you explain what the Bluebird is and like why it's special? Sure. So the Bluebird Cafe is one of the most iconic rooms in Nashville and it has been for years and years and years. And so there isn't an artist in this town that hasn't played there. You know, every artist you've heard of has played there. So it's an honor, you know, to to get to play there. Yeah. 
But um, the reason that I was there that night was Johnny was playing guitar for another artist by the name of Jamie Meyer. And I had written several songs on Jamie's record. So Johnny was actually producing his record. So he's producing songs that I've written. Right. So he had heard my name. I, of course, had heard his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we ended up just meeting that night and then getting together to write and I don't know, like 200 songs later and a record later. (laughs) Wow. And that's something. And we talk about things like this. I don't think that, I mean, obviously I'm not a songwriter, but I wouldn't have known. April, maybe would you have known when you started writing songs, you had to write so many songs to find the good ones? No, no. So like when Sarah says 200, she means it. It's not like a a crazy exaggeration. No. It's not dramatic. No. And I think, I think it was Dallas Davidson who had said it. And Dallas Davidson's a huge writer in town here, uh, on a ton of country hits, but I think it was him who had said that you got to write like, mm, I don't remember the number exactly, but it was like something like 600 or 800 yeah. songs before you ever start really getting the good ones. Makes sense. And it's I believe that. like 10,000 hour rule. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. You have to do that much of the work before you're good at it. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, and I mean, I've learned a lot from Johnny. I had come from the LA world, which is more pop and just a totally yeah. different style of writing. Um, so, but was country at the same time, yeah. you know, but linking up with Johnny that he really, as a producer and as a publisher mm-hmm. was totally instrumental. Oh, yeah, in- He's also your publisher. I'm so sorry. Yes. Johnny, yeah. if I don't say something right, just be like, listen, bitch, I'm going to tell you what's right. You know, cause oh. I, I can't remember everything. I have so many things going on. You my do mind. have a lot going on. I have to remember every Backstreet Boys lyric, you know? Um, but <laughs> they have a lot of good stuff. Actually, I think fallout boy lyrics are the most difficult because they're just, they're intense. You know, right now I'm trying to learn that new Taylor Swift album because mm. I sing it to myself in the car and I got to sound good for myself. That's a good you one. Know? <laughs> but, uh, so you guys met that night, Johnny, what did you, what did you think of Sarah? Like, why did you take on her project to produce it before, I guess, before you even met her? Well, when I met her that night, um, I had told Jamie, I said, I want to meet this Sarah girl because the song that she had written, I was, mm-hmm. it was very impressive. And uh, Jamie was this guy, Jamie Meyer, that I was producing back then, a co-producer with Jimmy Mattingly, who's Garth's fiddle player. Mm-hmm. And then she was sitting That's right Garth there. That's Garth Brooks, you guys. Yeah, yeah, Garth, yeah. That Not Garth, like yeah. Garth Brown down the road, like Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so me and Jimmy were co-producing this kid, right? But um, he... W- Jamie would brag on Sarah about how good she was and so awesome. forth. And then I said, Jamie, hey, where's Sarah? And then she was sitting right there, you know, and I'm going, that's her? Oh, dang. Because she's pretty. Look at, look at how pretty she's she really, is, really, right? really pretty. You know? And so anyway, we, we, <laughs> we met that guys. night, and then uh, we just decided, you know, to just meet. You know, we set up a couple of things and, yeah. and uh, wrote some stuff. We yeah. wrote a couple of songs here and there. But when I was running, uh, co-owning SWAT Music Group, and so she started coming over to the, my publishing company and, you know, she started writing with some of the other writers as well. Yeah. And I said, man, I got to make a record for this girl because she was just so talented and her voice is just like nobody else. And Her voice is really unique. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the things mm-hmm. that I really loved about, he, I heard your music before I met you and it was like, oh, because I don't know, I think a unique voice is rare sometimes because yeah. there's so many voices out there, but like you have a, you have a good oh, unique voice. A very soulful individual yeah. as well. And it comes out in her singing. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but, you know, she had a lot of raw talent when I first met her. And, you know, uh, uh, so then we learned about the symmetry of songs and the focus mm-hmm. of songs and so forth. Uh, you know, and just got that structure right going on right, yeah. you know, for her. And then next thing you know, she's off to the races, you know. Off to the races. Yeah. You're like a greyhound. <laughs> Heck yeah. That, that's what you could call your next album. 
<laughs> so, uh, so you guys wrote that night, started working together, and now you've produced her first EP. That's right. Which came out in... That was in May. In May, which was right before, I guess, I met you. Yep. And now we're working on the second one. Well, so we're we working on moving. like three releases. We're working on three releases. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just working. We're just doing the and thing. And a Christmas song. And a Christmas song. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so which one of you wants to go first and kind of starting to tell your journey from like the kid who liked music to being where you're at? Johnny, are okay. you down? From the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, man. We're going to be here a while, maybe. All right. Tell us tell uh, us about, like, your inspirations and, you know, little things that happen, where you're from, how you got here. Well, uh... Should we first start off with some of his accolades? I think we should. I think we should, so people know who they're listening to. So, Sarah, I feel like you know these so well, it might make more sense for you to just dig into them. Oh, yeah. I'm, I can I can MC this for yeah, sure. Yeah, I kind of love that. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Johnny has been... Trisha Yearwood's band leader and guitar player since 91. Um, And I mean, he had met her, I think, and started playing with her before that. But you, did you? No. uh, Or was uh, it right pretty much then? I came up to audition. uh, And that was it. Somebody recommended me. Yeah. We had never met. And I just walked in the room, played my guitar and kind of screwed him up a little bit because I didn't know him because I didn't have enough time to work on him. But she liked, she was looking for a sound. uh, Yeah. Yeah. She was looking for a tone kind of thing. Okay. and an attitude too is. Let me well. tell you something. Yeah, he's got it. Listen to my <laughs> records. Listen to the guitars. So good. So good. <laughs> it's on there. But um, also, I think it's funny. So Sarah's gonna sing a song a little later, which we're gonna do later. But like, we were ready to record, and Johnny's just holding the guitar, like ready to go. And we're like, oh, we're gonna do that later. You don't have to hold oh, the man, guitar I, I for saw, an hour. I saw a studio microphone, and uh, he was know, excited. Yeah. He just had the guitar okay. in his hand, like, <laughs> let's, let's do this. this. He's ready. Natural go. guitar player. <laughs> but yeah, so Johnny started with Trisha, who in my opinion, is like the angel of country music. Yes. That there's not a better female voice. And, you know, I've been her biggest fan since I was a kid. And it's just kind of weird. I hadn't even thought about it because life moves at a million miles a minute. But it's weird that I, that the man that was with her and responsible for the sound and all of that is also responsible for mine. You could be the next Trisha Yearwood. It's so crazy. It's like. Oh my goodness. uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Anyway, should we list off all the other artists you've been with or will that just take forever? No, Everyone you've played with. Like you've been with. I mean, Trisha the longest, right? And after that, Garth Brooks. After that, I I joined him, I think, in was it late 99, early 2000. Do you want to hear a fun Garth Brooks story that I've heard that kind of ties in with like a lot of what I talk about in the podcast, which is the Backstreet Boys? So the Backstreet Boys, well, AJ specifically told me that. So the Backstreet Boys Millennium Tour actually started 20 years ago yesterday in America. I knew this because I was at that show and it was like, oh my God, 20 years ago today I was at the show. And I also remembered it because it was my grandma's birthday. Anyways, a big part of that show and when you hear people my age say, oh my gosh, that was my first concert. I remember this. Is they say, oh, they flew in on hoverboards. And that's like this, like the main memory people have from the show and AJ told me they stole that from Garth Brooks. <laughs> that they saw him do something. I yeah. don't know what exactly it was, but he did some sort of riding it on a hoverboard or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, probably, that might have been the Texas Stadium. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but he, they saw that. And that's where from, that idea came, came from. from the sky. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting because as a Backstreet Boys fan, I had never heard that story. But AJ now is doing country music and he you know, we were talking one day about his inspirations and he told me that story, which was like, I don't know, that's kind so of interesting. Funny. So, yeah. But so who else have you worked with? 
uh, okay, Trisha Garth, Joe Nichols, I spent maybe two years with him. Joe he, Nichols was the first um, like plaque I got, like gold oh, really? plaque. Yeah. Well, I was hired uh, when Joe first started. Uh, Tony Brown, who was then with MCA, uh, he was a VP, I think, at that point. He asked me, he says, man, can you put a band as good as Trisha's band together and go out with Joe Nichols and do yeah. a six-week radio tour? I said, man, if you want a band that good, dude, you're going to spend some money. Yeah. Says, I don't care. <laughs> Just tell me how much it is, man. I want a band that good. And so forth. So anyway. He's got such a good voice. I, uh, I, I, I put together a band for, for Joe. Amazing. We, we went out for a six-week radio tour. Mm-hmm. And, and when uh, was this? Oh, God. When, uh, shoot. 15 years ago. Did he have two nipple rings then? Because he did when I worked. Oh with my him. God. That's just something I remember. He took a shirt off one day and I was like, oh, there's that. <laughs> he, he didn't have nipple rings back then. <laughs> that uh, must have been a new addition. See, these are the kind of stories we tell Johnny. <laughs> just, just get used to it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so, anyway, I would, I would, after the radio tour, I would go out and tour with him whenever Garth didn't need me or Trisha didn't need gotcha. me. Gotcha. And actually, Trisha, then Garth. That's the order it goes. Yeah. Right? So, yes, yes. Uh, Ladies first. Yeah. And other than that, uh, I also spent uh, three or four, yeah, three and a half, four years with Colin Ray. Oh, okay. Uh, again, when whenever Trisha or Garth didn't need me. I might have seen you play at the State Fair because I saw him play at my State Fair um, one time. Yeah. yeah in Virginia. And producing some records for him at the, at the time as well and so forth. So, so those have been the four main ones. I've done Amazing. some one-offs. I mean, I played guitar for... A lot of people, but you know, I even played for George Jones one night. Which wow, was, man, that's amazing! Enough. Yeah. So anyway, it's wow. it's been a awesome career here in town. That's awesome. How many times have you played the Opry? Do you think? Oh my gosh, couldn't tell you. Couldn't man. Yeah, that many. Uh, that's insane. Yeah, I don't know. So if you guys times. don't know what the Opry is, the Grand Ole Opry. Um, I mean, you can go back in history all day long talk about the Grand Ole Opry. I'm my my parents were kids listening to the Grand Ole Opry, but. It's essentially what we call like the church of country music. And it's, uh, you can go to, I guess, two nights a week. Is it two or three shows a week here in Nashville? But it's broadcast on WSM radio. And it's just, it's kind of just like a magical place um, in country music. So I, I love going to the Opry. It's like my favorite thing. I went last week and I went with Abby Anderson and her, her like dream person to ever meet was Vince Gill. Ugh. And she met him and he There's came up to her. Ooh. He came up to her and was just like, oh my gosh. Like he was just so nice. Like you're doing, you know, good job and all this stuff. Aww. And then he came back and watched her perform the second show that night. And afterward, and it was funny because we were in the dressing room. Abby's been a guest on the podcast before. We were in the dressing room right before. And I said, what if it's Gil asked you to write with him? She's like, I couldn't do that. Like, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I was like, yes, you can. If that happens, you will do that. And it was just a completely hypothetical, like, question. He literally asked her to write oh with him. Oh, my gosh. And she was like, uh, I have chills, like, telling the story. And yeah. she was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is going to happen. This is, so I thought that was amazing. But, okay. So, Johnny, how did you go from, you grew up in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. How did you go from a kid in Texas to... To come in. So did you come to Nashville to audition for Trisha? Was that like the yeah. first time you came I'll, to Nashville? I'll give, you the, I'll give you the short of it. Okay. Right? Uh, I was the youngest of three boys and my father was a guitar player. Okay. My older brothers were guitar players. But, you know, we grew up very, very poor down, you know, we were ra- born and raised about four miles north of the border in South Texas. Mm-hmm. So what we did for a living was we used to go, uh, we, we were migrant farm laborers. Okay. So I uh, every summer, starting from like April, we would co- go to Alabama and pick the potato fields. Gotcha. All the way through maybe the end of uh, August. And then from there, we would go to Indiana or Ohio and then work the tomato fields. Wow. So that's what I did the first 18 yeah. years of my life. So and you're a real country. Yeah. And, 
And so I, I, you know, would go back to Texas in late November and then I'd go to school for just for a few months and then do it all wow. over again. Right. But in the process, uh, my dad, we always had at least one guitar in the, in the migrant camps. Right. So he, uh-huh. he let me play uh, from about, we'd get home from the fields like at seven and uh, he let me play till about eight thirty, and I had to go to bed. So every night, I could, we had a record player if we were lucky enough to have electricity. Yeah, and I'd learn a song. I'd learn I a love song, the term you know? "he let me play" because yeah. that's like what you yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. after school, I wanted to get on the internet. You wanted to play guitar. Yeah, and then I guess by the age of fourteen, maybe I was already playing at every bar in South Texas. Wow, you know, rock bands at that point. Yeah, right? and lots of hair, and you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, and I think I didn't know it at the time, but when I decided to be like a lead guitar player, mm-hmm. right, which I think I was 13, maybe because I knew how to play, you know, a cowboy G, a C and a D chord, you yeah. know, and that be beyond that. I wasn't too interested in the guitar. And then okay. all of a sudden I heard this, this, this kid in my hometown named Roy Mayave that it blew my mind. And this lead guitar player that was my goodness, unbelievable. Right. So man, I got in my bike into the house and put those records on and I could learn those guitar solos right away. Wow. I didn't know that. And are you, you know? completely self-taught on yes. guitar? Wow. Never have had a That's lesson amazing. of any kind amazing. You know, ever. So anyway, music was in me already. It's already there. God put mm-hmm. it in my blueprint a thousand yeah. years ago or whatever in my schematic, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It was there. And then when I decided it was time for it to come out, it just kind of came out. Amazing. I didn't realize how blessed I was until I got older, right? I'm going, wait a second. How could I do all that? Like when you were 13, yeah. literally. That was yeah, because I was playing all the easy top Jeff Beck stuff, yeah. all that, you know, uh, you know, Pink Floyd, all that stuff. Yeah. Very, so I ended up joining the band that Roy Mayave was in mm-hmm. uh, just two years after that. The one that years. you saw him play mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah. I want to so be we like both, him, and you were like, Oh, I'm just gonna come play we were with both you. Both lead guitar players oh, in the same See, band. that's yeah, some kind of that's some manifesting your but Trisha thing though. Stuff. I started playing country uh, maybe around 81 or two or something like that. That's when I was born. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was already in my fifties. <laughs> you were in your fifties and eighties. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he had long hair down to his butt then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, we're going to need some old pictures for our promotion oh of this God. episode. I'm just saying. But I had some friends, uh, uh, Craig Lankford and David Lewis that were from South Texas as well. They moved to Nashville like in 86, maybe 87. Okay. And David Lewis became a very successful songwriter right away. Big cuts with mm-hmm. George Strait and Amazing. Aaron Tippin and Tanya Tucker. And, uh, but Craig Langford's a bass player. Uh, he ended up auditioning for Trisha's first band and he got the job. And then uh, I think they auditioned three days of guitar players and Trisha didn't like anybody. Hmm. So Craig Langford recommended me. And when he called me, uh, he called me on a Sunday night. Uh, I was listening to the Astros and the Reds on AM radio uh-huh. in my truck because I was just coming home from work. And he says, I'm calling you for the last effing time. <laughs> he did not say effing though. Cause he had called me before to audition for Reba, audition for Ronnie mm-hmm. Millsap, all the people that were big. Right. People. And I'd always say no. Oh, you'd always say no. Yeah, Why? Cause, cause you just I was, didn't want to leave? Or? I was, I owned an electric company. I'm a master electrician since the age of 21. Oh and, my goodness. And the company was very successful. And then I played with the best bands in Texas. So yeah. I was making so you were really kind of good fulfilled. money. And I was very fulfilled musically. Okay. You know, but he, and then when he called me that Sunday night, uh, he says, Man, you want to audition for Trisha Yearwood? And I'm going, Who is that? Dude? <laughs> he says, Don't you listen to country? I said, No. 
I listened to AM radio, listened to every Houston Astros game because I was a big Astros game, and listened to talk radio on AM. And if I go to FM, I listen to our local rock station. Yeah. He says, he says, well, kiss my ass. Listen to the radio tomorrow. If you, she's got a song called She's in Love with a Boy. That's the oh number one gosh. song in America right now. And you're a dumbass because you don't know that. You know, and, and so the next morning, Jade, I got up in the morning, you know, 5.30, whatever. I'm getting in my truck in my driveway. And at the end of the game, uh, I just turned my truck off. And the Astros pulled it off. I think we won three to two at the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. And so I just turned my truck off and went inside the house, right? The next morning, I get in my truck, pull back out of my driveway, head into my office. And not only is my truck now, is my radio on an FM station, it's in a country station. What? And they are playing She's in Love with a Boy. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. And I swear to God. And and I stopped right away. I barely had pulled out of my driveway. because uh, I, I just remember he had told me the title, She's in Love with a Boy. I had never heard the song. Yeah. And I stopped and had chills all over me. I, something was going on. That's I, insane. Yeah. yeah. That is God. Yeah. And I, I had just put a... Got one of the first cell phones ever invented. Yeah, it was in my truck. Right? Uh, yeah, and it had big an, old bag. Yeah, it had an antenna that was about twenty <laughs> feet tall. And so I called him immediately from that phone. Yeah, you know, and woke him up and pissed him off because it was six in the morning. <laughs> and I said, "I'm in, man. What do I do?" Wow. And so any, I had a, I had a week to. They were gonna send, you know, back then they couldn't send you an MP3 on, you know, on <laughs> they email. They had to mail you a, mail. Cassette, <laughs> a cassette tape. tape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, when they sent the cassette tape, it got lost in the mail and all that stuff on FedEx. <laughs> Another Johnny Garcia ended up getting it, a little boy. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that lived across the street from my mother's That's house. That's funny. You know, That's I, funny. Luckily, we figured it out and was able to get it uh, on a Friday, and then so I had to get on a plane on a Sunday. Okay. And uh, my first song on the audition, I played. The wrong intro. I played the in- an intro for another song to this other song, and it's like, oh well. Oh, here we I go. I guess this is this is over. And, that's it. <laughs> and I told Trisha, I said, hey, I know I played the wrong intro. I'll be happy to play the correct intro. She said, no, man, that's okay. I think okay. I scared okay. her at first. I don't know. They said I looked like a murderer. <laughs> was this the long hair? Is that what? Yeah, yeah I guess. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's the way it started. And so they on on that particular second uh, auditions they had. All day Monday auditions, all day Tuesday auditions. Okay. And uh, Trisha wanted me and uh, Garth Fundus, her producer, not Garth Brooks, yeah. but Fundus, uh, was choosing this other guy named Kenny Kramer. So they kind of were bumping heads, you know. And, uh-huh. and uh, Trisha won, obviously, right? I mean, she always wins, no matter what it is, kind of thing. So Always. Girl boss. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've been with her ever since then. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you remember where in Nashville you auditioned? Is that building yeah, still standing? It's the building is still there, but it's not longer in business. It's uh, called Nashville Cartage and Sound. Okay, where was it at? It was uh, kind of out in the Sylvan Park area. Okay, okay, yeah. that's funny. I'm just like I always look out the window when I reference Nashville because we have this like beautiful view of it is so beautiful. over the river to like Broadway. Essentially, you have the best view in here. Uh, thank this you. Is. You're this all building is really interesting because it's actually a building. Most of the offices on this building are like the river preservation. Hmm. And then they needed to lease out the space and we just got real lucky. Nice. I manifested this thing. I'll tell you that. For yes. you podcast so. listeners, this office that Jade has here is the most incredible office I've ever been. 
It's, over, it's overlooking, <laughs> how many floors up? Six, right? We're sixth floor, yeah. And it's right next to the pedestrian bridge going over the Cumberland River and right across the river is downtown. So it's like, well, actually, if you walk day. out this door, it connects to the bridge. Yeah. Oh, really? So I've you can, it. like, you're like a third way up the bridge. So, like, people will just leave the office and go to lunch mm-hmm. and it comes it's out, so nice. you know, where it comes out. And, yeah, know, the last time I was there, they always go to the Johnny Shop, the Johnny Cash coffee shop and get coffee and stuff like that. So convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really interesting space but i was like yes i want it give it to me yes Fine. So. this is awesome yeah well awesome well that's an amazing story i'm i'm so honored to have you here honestly and i'm so honored that we're now oh, working together and it's just incredible do you ever go out and play in like honky tonks or anything have you done that uh you know actually the last time i played at a honky tonk here on lower broad was actually with garth oh okay we played at layla's one night really know? yeah it, it was like a year and a half ago he called the band and says hey you guys want to go play at a honky tonk oh that's fun <laughs> that's see so when sarah's like getting yeah. really big we're gonna do those secret kind yeah. of things i'm be like let's go mm-hmm. we're gonna go we're oh, gonna I'm go down. down to tussies we're gonna play Heck a show yeah, girl, like bring it on to roberts we're gonna play a show if you guys don't know if you've never been to nashville how would we describe a honky tonk a honky tonk is a club that plays essentially mostly almost all, I guess, country music. Yeah. I mean, historically, it, it was like a, a saloon. live band. Yeah, it's kind of like a saloon, but there's yeah. there's always live music. And, and the cool thing about honky tonks here in Nashville is that you have these people that are studio musicians, traveling musicians, and they go in there and some of them play regularly, some of them play for fun, you know, on a whim. And it is just you have some of the best musicians in the entire world mm-hmm. in this like four block range and you can just go in and hear any songs actually it's funny where was i at one night i was at oh i don't remember what chunk chunk it was but they were like requesting songs and i gave them a 20 and i went what did i want to hear some tim mcgraw song and they were like we don't play anything that's that's like not older than like 1970s and i was like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> they were like offended that i asked for a tim i think i asked for i like and i love they were it like, like that's that song. from the 90s they're kind of like no. yeah that's not happening i was like oh sorry <laughs> well some of them will it's like <laughs> like there are some like like robert's western world and some yeah. like the old school ones yeah. like i i could see there's they're, they're the it wasn't roberts i don't remember what it was though it wasn't roberts it wasn't the stage it wasn't tootsies Anyways, they were just like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. so like, take your 20, girl. You know, you know. Somebody- yeah, I know. I was just like, so I let Reed, who worked with me, he picked out some old, old, old song. You handed me a $20 bill and said to sing a Tim McGraw song. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. I'll, I'll hand you a $20 bill and tell you sing a Tim McGraw sure. I'll hand April a $20 bill and have her sing a Martina yeah. song. Because I like some when April sing Martina Some of those older musicians and artists like that, they, they just, the reason that they won't play anything from like, you know, the last 15 years. Yeah. Is simply because of the bro country thing. Yeah. They refuse to do it. Yeah. They want to do real country real music. Real country, right? yeah. I happen to like bro, so, yeah. you know, I mean, I get it, I understand it, and so forth. You know, I know why the young crowd likes it. You know, it's got that phrasing that's kind of hip-hoppy, and yeah. it's cool, man. So, out of, um, since you weren't really listening to country music when you got into the business of country music, what are some of the artists that you've discovered from the past or just as, you know, in the current time that you've, like, really loved? Like, who are some of your favorite country artists? Man, uh, the 90s to me was the golden decade of Nashville. I love, like, I will listen to, like, 90s Spotify country playlists. I love them. I mean, it was, was, the 90s in Nashville was, like, the to country was, like, the 70s to rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, in the 90s, my gosh, Vince, Uh, Colin Ray. Those voices voices. were unbelievable. Travis Tritt. Yeah. Trisha Yearwood. Winona. Martina. I mean, just everybody in that decade. Got record deals because of how well they sang. Yeah. And they all sounded different. 
Yeah. Everybody there was yeah. unique. Yeah. There was, uh, right now, unfortunately, you can turn to, I listen to the country radio because I'm a publisher and producer. Mm-hmm. I better know what's going on, right? Oh, yeah. But 100%. sometimes those, there's 10 songs in a row that they all sound Kind of like, sounded like it was just going together. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so... So yeah, some of those singers definitely, mm-hmm. and all those, most of those I mentioned are also friends of mine and stuff. I mean, you had Garth, right? I yeah. Mean, you had Joe Diffie, you know. Yeah. I mean, these were singers, man. I mean, yeah. And I think uh, you know, as time has gone on, uh, artists are now getting deals based on their streaming numbers, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, if they got the songs, mm-hmm. you know, maybe and stuff. But back then, it was purely on. Would you sing? Well, and back then it was a very different game where you were looking for talent and you couldn't, you know, you weren't looking for a business partner yet. It Mm -hmm. was, it was just kind of a different thing. So I'm going to ask you too, as someone who's, you know, played with Trisha, a female country artist for the past 28 28 years, and now is working with artists like Sarah, who's also a female country artist. What is your take on the whole female country artist kind of getting pushed to the side at radio and opportunities in, in the country music industry compared to men. My my take on it and uh, is kind of unique. Maybe uh, we started losing female artists on the radio on country radio. What twelve years ago, thirteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was two three girls on the radio, and the rest were guys. Yeah, I think when when the bro country thing came in, all these guys were singing about having a good time. Mm-hmm. in the back of a truck, right? 12 pack of beer, bottle of wine, yeah. you know, whatever, dancing barefoot in the gravel road, which is kind of painful, I guess, but, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and the hot chick, you know, yeah. and, and that sort of thing, you know, yeah, making love under the stars yeah. out in the back road by a grapevine or uh-huh. something, right? It's by a railroad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but a lot of the, a lot of the female artists were singing about being pissed off at men or, mm. you know, being brokenhearted or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. The Dixie Chicks were even killing guys on their songs. Yes, know? they were. Uh, they were, you know. Poor Earl. So I yeah. think, I think that, that there came a time where radio became nothing but good time songs and a lot mm-hmm. of the females weren't singing, singing about, about that. that. Yeah. But they're, they're bad. I remember my mom showed me a song. I think it was Loretta Lynn that had like a song about birth control in the 70s. Oh, wow. I, I think it was called The Pill or something like that. I and I was just so. like, yeah, yeah. and it was like, whoa, like I didn't know that was like, I mean, I guess the 70s were, that makes, more, I don't know. It was just a little shocking to me. That I was like, whoa, that was like a thing. And I, I think, I don't know. I think it was like a big song, but it was a big controversy as well. So oh, I'm sure, you know, so. But one of the things that really I gravitated to Sarah is, is because she sings like one of those artists mm-hmm. from the 90s. Yeah. She sings on pitch and soulful and it's got great phrasing. Yeah. And it's gorgeous and stuff, you know. So, yeah, she's got that. She she can turn on that old school button and not not that that's, that's the only thing I'm looking for. No. Right? But, yeah. I mean, we, of course, want to want to be in the game now. Yes. She brings that stuff to me. You know, it's like, oh, man, you know. I love and, it. And then the other day, it was really cool. We were doing what what interview we were doing on a radio station in Cookville. Yeah, it, WSM. No, with Did I say with that right? Philip Gibbons there yeah. in Cookville. Uh, but so we they were going to play Sarah's new single at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be that the song came in right after every girl in this town, Trisha's mm-hmm. new single, mm-hmm. and and it's like, uh oh, you know. <laughs> Let's see if this keeps up with that one, you know? <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. No pressure. Yeah. And and it did. It really did. Oh, I mean, that's the, amazing. The, just the quality of vocal and the mix and production was... That's incredible. Was so today, the day this podcast premieres, October 4th, 
Sarah's, and I know you've already put an EP out, but like, this is your first song with me. So yes. obviously that's a big deal, but you know, your first new song in this new chapter is coming out. Mm-hmm. You guys wrote this together, right? Another fool. Yep. Um, can you guys kind of tell us a story about how that subject yeah. or whatnot came up? And also I want to know, I've been, I've been like wanting to ask you this and I think it's a good time. Like, what does your husband think of the song? Oh, he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> and he and, gets it hundred percent. And like, did you specifically write it about him? Oh kind yeah. Of? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I like think when I, I've only met your husband once, but like, I kind of think that yeah. Yeah. when I'm listening to it. Well, so we wrote the so song. The about- it's the song is called another fool wrote it with Mark Copley and Johnny Garcia here. And, um, I don't know why we got on the topic. The three of us, we're all married and, you know, we, were you like annoyed that he like come home drunk the night before or something? Cause that's like in my oh, head, I'm like sure. what happened? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. Those I are mean, true stories. Yeah. Right? yeah there exactly. are, if you listen to the song there, are, it's a, it's a true story. Um, but no, we were, the three of us were just talking really yeah. just kind of candidly about marriage and just how obnoxious it can be. And, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, you live with a person, they're up your ass. It's yeah. annoying. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean like it, you know, if you listen to the second verse, when you flip on the lights in the middle of the night, I almost killed that man. <laughs> over that. I mean, he'd come in drunk and turn the damn light. What kind of a sociopath turns the lights on, on somebody who is sleeping in the dark? Especially <laughs> like, that's your wife. What? <laughs> I mean, get out of here. So I'm, like, I'm glad you didn't kill him. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no. the ID channel. <laughs> but he'd be so drunk. He, cause he'd come in and he'd want to talk. Like he's just had a great evening. He's like, let me tell you about my night. And I'm like, let me go not. back to sleep. <laughs> like what? <laughs> But no, I mean, yeah, that title, we just sort of, the, the story of it actually was from Johnny. The hook was from Johnny because he had had a story with another artist. He had heard say something like that one time, but. So the, um, the, like the line is. Why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know. Exactly. You know, like there's always going to be issues with no matter what. Well, and the whole but line like, is, you know, you could, you could leave this, this shit show for another one. another one. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's not going to be, the grass is not greener. Yeah. There's no greener grass. It's <laughs> maybe find grass you like, keep the grass. Just keep the grass. It's fine. Just keep yeah. the grass you like. I think years and years and years ago, I, I think it was Loretta Lynn that said that. She was interviewed, doing an interview on TV somewhere, one of those old shows. And she's like, why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know. And Johnny never way forgot it. back then I wrote it down. And I Are just, you serious? So is that where that came from? Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to be talking about this in our press. I didn't know that. That's she's the one that said that. Just you know, and then That's being incredible. a songwriter, I'm like, oh, I better write that down. You know, and then it took years, 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 years later to I brought it up to them. Yeah, so That's I guess incredible. yeah. So Loretta, that was who the inspiration came from. That's amazing. And uh, between Mark and Johnny, my guitar skills have worsened because I don't ever pick <laughs> one up. <laughs> I have no reason oh to in these rights anymore. So yeah, the two of them were off to the races with this this cool groove and oh my God. I love it. So I do a lot of video shoots with artists, especially like our developing artists. And like, I can tell you pretty quickly if a song is good or not based on how much I enjoy or don't enjoy listening to it all day. And I loved your song even at the end of the shoot. And then I kept singing it. Aww. Like I was, I was sitting in the back of the opera and just like singing your song, getting some of that. Oh, free lemonade, that's good. Know? That's good news. That's good news. <laughs> Cause I had to leave your shoot and go yeah. straight to two opera. To, yeah. yep. I was like, and I text you. I'm like, I'm still humming your song. Like, I know. And I, I think I said, I said, look, I saw Vince play tonight. I saw Martina play tonight, play songs that I've heard a million times. And those aren't the ones I'm humming in my head. Now, after this, I'm humming your song. 
which shows it's a great song, you know, which that's is like awesome. amazing. It stays with you, you know? yeah, It's a great, great, awesome. great song. So can you guys talk a little more about some of the other songs that are coming up? The next single we haven't announced yet, but we can go ahead and talk about it. And we might, sure. I don't know, by October 4th, I guess, you know, this is the announcement. Yeah. So there's going to be another one coming out called Beat Goes On. Yes. And we just finished the art for that yesterday. It's just awesome. It is awesome. I, love it. I do love it. I love it. So right yeah. now we're already planning the video and all that. So what's that song about? Beat Goes On is, it's like, it's a really interesting song. And the reason I'm saying that is because we just actually last night finished producing it and cutting it and doing vocals. And it's a really interesting mix of a song that sounds like it should sound, Beat Goes On. Mm -hmm. So there's movement in the song. What do you call that? There's a word for that. Move. No, but there's like a word. Where like oh, you're thinking of the feels- demo. You're thinking of that. It's like a song that like you feel it move and I don't know. It's like some weird word. Well, that's the goal. We're trying to accomplish that, whatever that feeling of movement is. But also I told Johnny, I'm like, can we make this sound like, like Clint Eastwood, like Tarantino Western? And he did. That's amazing. (laughs) And it's a really cool mix of the things. I think I, I, I kind of combine, you know, High Plains Drifter with the Rolling Stones at the same time. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, the song well, is... I'm excited to it's hear. It's just about... It's a strong song for women, which I'm passionate about doing. You know, it's like I, I always want to come from a voice that's just confident and strong as a woman. I don't... Yeah. No man-hating. No, you know, there's none of that. It's just I want to come from a perspective of just confidence yeah. and strength. I think the thing that, I like, is most appealing about you, Sarah, is that, like, you're just chill. Like, you're literally cool. Like, you meet... You don't meet that many people in life that are, like actually cool Aww. like you're just <laughs> cool Thank like you. i'm like oh sarah's calling me <laughs> like <laughs> i feel the same way about you really yeah when you text me you're like let's talk on the phone i'm like oh oh yes I'm oh my gas. gosh Hold on. we are just gonna be like soulmates <laughs> yes. this. but like sarah just like and this is something i told her and this is another subject we can bring up um you know i've worked with a lot of female artists and I told Sarah, like, we were a few hours into the video shoot. It was our first video working together. And she's like, am I, like, doing okay? And I was like, honestly, like, you haven't demeaned yourself one time, and I'm not used to that. <laughs> like, I feel like a big part of me being on video sets with females is being like, no, you are pretty. You don't look fat. You're beautiful. Your makeup looks amazing. People are going to – I do this a lot. Um, and it's a rare thing that I find somebody that doesn't – ever mention that and you literally mention nothing you're like well yeah I'm, I'm cool with myself but I mean that's just amazing and it just it makes you so easy to work with Aww. and it makes it a pleasure awesome. to work with you and I think that's just like I think we need you know I think that over time like that's going to be something that we're going to work on the marketing side to express through your music and your brand and, and show people like confidence is is a big deal and um you know you have to have it in yourself Totally. You know, so I just, I think that just makes me like, cause also when I'm with these, like, oh my God, freaking beautiful girls on set and they're like, I look fat. I'm like, oh my God, what do I look like? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I start feeling bad about myself and it's just like, but when you're around people that are positive, you start feeling positive about yourself. And I think that that's going to come through in your music and your message and be a really big part of your brand as we grow and expand this whole thing. Well, I want that. I, I definitely want to make women feel not in like the... Like I said, not in any other way that isn't constructive, just yeah. to feel positive, to feel confident, yeah. to, to have, you know, a voice. Yeah. And also the other thing I like about working with Sarah is that she, 
I say this to people a lot. Like if you hire an expert at anything, trust the expert you hired. Like you made the choice to hire them, let them do their job. And like, she's never like, well, I don't agree with you. <laughs> and I love that. And it's Jay, not that's because I don't know shit about shit, okay. girl. <laughs> but see, at least you know what you don't know shit about. Some people think they know shit about everything that they don't know shit about. When I don't know something, I don't know. That's why I'm like, I don't know. Can you fix the song, the song thing? I don't know. But like, I can tell you how to do what we're doing, you know, and I'm, I'm confident in that. And so it's nice to work with somebody that trusts you. It's, oh. it's really nice. And Johnny obviously is very trusting because he's just like, all right, go do your thing. And oh, then he absolutely. just told me, he told me, he was like, you were in the bathroom or something. He was like, thanks for like, you know, getting this movement. I was like, oh, good. He's happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. absolutely, man. I, I know when I met Jade, you know, I, the quote I told her, I said, I don't do marketing. I don't do socials. I don't do none of that. I make music. That's all I do. So you guys just take her and run Do what that. you do. But I, I just, I love it. And so, so kind of getting into two, I want to kind of move over to Sarah now and talk about kind of your story. And I know we talked about this recently, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, because this is what I've learned about Sarah in the few weeks I think Sarah, and this is just my interpretation, I think she's somebody that you meet and you think that like, oh my God, I feel like I've known her forever. And the more you get to know her, you realize you don't know much about her, which is like so <laughs> interesting and mysterious and like kind of sexy. Is that weird for me to say? No. <laughs> Thank you. Um, You're but, dead on, by the way. Am I? Okay. Yeah. So I, I want to challenge Sarah in telling the story to, you know, maybe dig like a layer deep. Mm-hmm. And like, give us a, like a little bit of, I don't know, some dirt, some emotions, some feelings, like sure. something. I, I want it, I want, I want something real good. <laughs> okay. So. Let me try to get saucy right. with it. All right. All right. I, I told Jade, I'm like, I, I don't mean to do that on purpose. I don't know why I do that. I don't know. I, it's just who you are though. Like yeah. you said it best to me. You said, yeah, I guess I'm somebody that holds my cards close. Yeah, I do. I don't, which, is, which is interesting. Yeah. With once I'm close with people, then yeah. yeah but yeah. But I mean, that just also shows like it's going to be so cool to see you develop as an artist and put more and more out in music mm-hmm. as hopefully decades go by. So that's yeah, exciting. That is yeah. exciting. Well, no, my story is, you know, I grew up in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is Amish country. And actually, Lidditz is very musical in its own way. So all your favorite artists like Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga and everybody. And the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. They can all be found in my hometown at the Claire Brothers recording facilities where they are basically practicing for their world tours. Yeah. So there's like a giant facility that essentially like most big artists go because it's huge enough in the middle of the country to it's in the cornfields, literally sized yep. production yep. and practice. And so Claire brothers, that audio company is based in my hometown. Mm-hmm. So I actually went to high school with, you know, all the kids and that was a very big part of, of Lidditz was yeah. Claire brothers. Cause they made it possible for us to have amazing fireworks shows at 4th of July. <laughs> awesome. And it was cool. I didn't think about it then at all. I look back now because <laughs> all of my friends that are touring musicians are like going to my hometown and I'm like, well, can you take me with you? <laughs> I just want to go to the bull's head and drink a beer. I miss my little town. I do. I loved it. I, I, it was such like a charmed life growing yeah. up there as a kid. It's now like, were whoopie pies a thing? Oh, hell yeah, girl. Whoopie pies are like a thing for me. And I know that if I'm like driving oh, yeah. to Pennsylvania, I can, I don't want to find like the roadside stand. Oh no. I was just you know? telling my husband the other night, I can't stand going to the grocery store because I grew up 
with like two dollars in yeah. my pocket or whatever, my mom would be like, "Hey, can you stop by one of the stands and grab some green yeah, beans?" Yeah, yeah. You know, like we. I I do. I go out of my way to go to farmers markets, and, and you stands. should. That's I good. love that support stuff. the like, local. I farmers. love going yeah. like back roots home. Like we yep. like I drove from Florida today, and I was like, oh my gosh, like let's stop and get peaches and pecans, and I love that kind of. Oh stuff. Yeah. yeah, fruit, vegetables, all of that, yeah. and then of course the baked goods. Yes, the and baked yes, goods. Amish uh, whoopie pies. And Amish baked goods are insane. hand pies. Ugh. Amish fried hand pies. That's the thing I love. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about about baked goods. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm telling you. There's my quote, quote for the episode. I know a lot about baked goods. I know a lot goods. about baked goods and Backstreet Boys. Yes, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, I grew up there and grew up actually playing a ton of sports. I was quite the athlete. I did, you know, I played soccer, travel soccer for mm, 14 years, something like that. And then I was the <laughs> junior Olympic volleyball player for and also on the high school team and ran track. And so I was pretty busy. And then I worked all the time jobs. Yeah. Um, so in terms of music, we had a great music program at our, our high school, but I think I was telling you this Jade, I just, it's not that I don't love and appreciate musicals or theater. I just, it's not my thing. Yeah. I appreciate it. And you were saying a big part of it. And I think this is interesting. And I think this also goes into why a lot of times people ask like, who are your favorite celebrities? And I'm like, I don't really like any actors besides Leonardo DiCaprio. If you're listening, I love you. Please marry me. Um, (laughs) Other than that, um, it's like I've always loved musicians because I'm watching somebody a lot of times perform their own story and art and all that kind of stuff. Very authentic. It's usually not that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of what you were talking about, how like you wanted to – and it was interesting because I asked you – They were trying to change my voice. Yeah, and you said – well, and I was like, so you decided then maybe that like you wanted to start writing – Oh yeah. Essentially. Cause you were like, I can write my own story and my own oh, songs. Oh yeah. Which is just, yep. And you were like in high school then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. I started, I started writing, I would say attempting to write when I was probably eight or nine, but yeah, I mean, yeah. In high school, I mean, I would just still do all the musical stuff. And I remember the music director being like, you should join show choir. And I'm just like, Oh my God. I was a show choir superstar. I just want to let you know I believe that. it. I, you would probably be amazing. I was so good at show choir. Yeah. That was my thing. I just couldn't do it. And then, of course, my freshman year of college, I got in um, to Elon University in North Carolina for music and uh, hated it. I mean, yeah. I just hated it. I didn't. It was like ruining music for me. Yeah. Because it was a lot of like, I don't know, probably theory and. Well, I, I enjoy theory. I'd taken it in high school and it's not. Th- she enjoys theory. I actually, I Johnny, enjoyed do it. do you enjoy theory? <laughs> I do not. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> me neither. I don't, don't, don't get it nope. twisted. I don't nope. remember a lick about it. I don't really it. hear many people say that. No, I did. I enjoyed it. But it's the singing of the, yeah. them trying to shape your voice to sing a certain yeah. way. And yeah. to, I was just like, this is going to ruin you my voice. You felt like it like took the creativity oh, out of Oh, yeah. Art. I mean, I, the, I got in on a Miranda Lambert song and a um, a song from Greece. Like, that was what like my more. What song from Greece? Um, Hopelessly Devoted? Hmm. Maybe. I can't really remember. I just remember it was one from Greece and then and then Miranda Lambert's um Or was it like um uh, what are it, the other songs in Greece? Like what are ones that just a female sings? May have been hopelessly devoted. I mean that's one of the only ones that like a female sings. So, I yeah, it was definitely Olivia Newton John. I, I don't really remember. And then I can't really remember which one it was for Miranda either. I don't know. Do you want to know what song I auditioned for show choir with every year? What? Part of your world from the Little Mermaid. Aww, <laughs> that's awesome. April used the laugh button. That I'm worked so out good. Down. I'm so down for this. Um, 
Okay, so you didn't like college. Well, you dropped out, right? No, no, hell no. Mm. Girl, I finished. Oh, I was. No, my dad would have been brokenhearted. Good. He told me if I loved I'm him at all, I'd go. But um, I ended up transferring to Drexel to their entertainment oh, arts management. That's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. transferred up to Drexel. I didn't like that program either. And frankly, not to sound rude, but at the time I had been out in LA a lot writing with serious right. writers and producers. See, I thought when you had originally told me the story, you quit college and go, went to LA, but I guess- No, I kept flying back and forth. Oh, gotcha, yep. gotcha. And that's, that was my dad's compromise. Yes, Okay. If I ever needed got help it. getting out there, that got he it, would try it. to help me out. Okay. And I don't come from a lot of money either, but it's like, you know, they, my parents made a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. But. And so are we at the point where we can get into the story that I think is really funny and like interesting? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Well, we kind of passed that because that was the beginning of Elon. Okay. Well, I'm still going to tell it because I think it like people that listen to this podcast will know who this is. So okay. I'm not going to get too opinionated here and I'm not going to take a side or whatever. However, there is a man named Lou Pearlman and there's a lot of feelings about this man, as we all know. Um, but Sarah had a run in with him in her career, which I just thought was like such a random anecdote. Um, if you want to tell that story. Yeah. So I, I missed like, I don't even know how much of my first week or whatever of college I managed to save up money, fly to Vegas for a Lou Pearlman talent rock competition. And it was in Las Vegas. <laughs> so I managed to get myself there. And I was, I made friends by calling in and talking with like one of the event coordinators or yeah. something and told her I was just a poor broke college kid. And she actually hooked me up with rooms, like wow. a room to stay. So I didn't That's have awesome. to pay for that. Um, so I called my mom. She's like, how's school going? I'm like, well, actually I'm in Las Vegas. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> of course, she's not really surprised because if you know me, you know, I'll just, I don't know. Do whatever. Yeah, but um, it was for modeling. And so I actually ended up winning the whole thing. Won the whole <laughs> thing. We have model. a model here, everyone. <laughs> but um, it, I never got my money. And a lot of people didn't get their money from Lou Perlman either. <laughs> And my money was a lot less than what he owed others. But yeah. So I'm just going to add another client to my roster of clients that hasn't gotten money from Lou Perlman. Yeah, I think it was like $10,000 or something, which I was really hoping for. <laughs> I mean, I was so broke. I could have used that for like, college. Such a random story. And she's like, do you know who Lou I'm like, of course I know who that is. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Our, our, all of our lights just went off. Cause it's the end of the day. It's the end of the day. They're shutting us down. Wait, are the cleaners here? <laughs> what's going on? But the good news April, is. April, what's going on? In Vegas, that's where I met Michael J, who was my right. first producer and mm -hmm. who I started working with in that's LA. Me. Like while you were there for the talent. Yeah, right? he was there. There was a singing competition too. So So I think I'm I think we're pretty good with like the stories. Are there any other subjects that you guys want to talk about or promote or anything that makes kind of sense for you? If not, we can like I mean, another fool, it's out today. Yes, another fool is out today. What are you hoping people think of the song? I am hoping that, first of all, they will laugh. You know, it's it's definitely... <laughs> exactly. April. Like that. April. I mean, we're hoping for people to laugh. Like, it's a funny song. But we also... I personally want people to pay attention to the musicianship on the song. Ah. Um, because... And Johnny's on the song playing, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Johnny's on the song and uh, we've got Steve Mackey on the bass and we've got Tommy Harden on the drums. I mean, there are some of the best players in the world just Amazing. like just 
on this song, on all my songs, really. Yeah. But on this one, it is a rad track. That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm really, we're really proud of it. Um, but yeah, I want people to like, you know, it's not like your typical sounding country song. We're, yeah. It's skanky. Oh, yeah. It's skanky. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Like bring it's a skank. really good song. I really, really love Thank this song. You. Like, actually, I'm kind of like fighting through the video edit because I'm like, I just, I want. It has I to be perfect. perfect. So poor, poor, poor producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to touch on, Johnny, because I have not had a musician on the podcast yet. Um, can you give any advice to young people that maybe want to grow up and essentially do what you've done? Um, on, you know, kids that are maybe really young and not even, you know, in high school yet, or kids that are maybe in college kind of trying to pursue this, like, what are some tips you can give them on things they can kind of be doing now to move towards the goal of professionally playing music for a career? Well, if I'm speaking to any musician, any young musician, uh, as we're, you know, we all are young at some point, and let's just say a guitar player, you know, you want to learn all the all the wicked chops and licks. Yeah. And if, if you're lucky to have that talent to do it, right? Because unfortunately not everybody does. Mm-hmm. But if you do, uh, don't, don't disregard how important rhythm is. Mm. Feel good rhythm, internal clock, learning how to have great feel, mm. you know, to where you can just strum a G chord and make somebody dance. Wow. You know, a lot of kids don't think about it because it's boring to play a G chord, Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a thing of developing what I call your inner clock to to have really, really good rhythm. Practice with a metronome, you know, set it at 80 BPM or whatever. Yeah. Record yourself for a minute. Turn off, have somebody turn off the, uh, the click and, and keep going for another ah, minute and see how that's amazing. close you, you stay to time. It, that does amazing things to you as a musician. Because wow. it like, you know? in, it internalizes yeah. it for yeah, you. It, 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 you become a musician when mm-hmm. you figure that out. You're not just a guitar player anymore. You're not just a bass player, a piano player, yeah. whatever. Uh, that and also, uh, uh, it doesn't matter what you're playing. I mean, Garth taught me this: is you play for the nose for the nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. If uh, my favorite guitar player in the world is uh, uh, David Gilmour from Pink Floyd, I shouldn't say that maybe because Jeff Beck is and Hendrix, right? But David Gilmour's the best to play in big venues, uh-huh. but I don't care if you're playing in a bar with 10 people. If you play to the back of the room and make sure that everybody can feel your soul coming mm-hmm. out of your instrument, you got it, you know? And it's all about telling a story. Your 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 guitar, like, is, if you're a guitar player, your guitar is a song in a song, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's got to support that song in a way that, you know, you can't, distract from the song just because you know how to do all this cool shit yeah throw it out the window just play to the song but just you got to play from the from the soul you know and if you and if it's time for a solo man you better mean it you better mean it where whatever it is if you're angry if you're blue if you're sad if you're in love or whatever that emotion's got to come out of your fingertips and through strings you know that was incredible i'm gonna i'm gonna give a clap for that speech and if you're lucky if you're lucky to get on a tour right Mm -hmm. uh First of all, you come to this town and connect yourself. Go to Lower Broadway and meet all these incredible players that are down there. You know, go all over town. Yeah. Go to Riders Round. Be nice. Be yes. nice. You know, you want to make sure that people want to hang with you. Don't be an ass. Plus, it takes a lot more energy to be an asshole than it is to be nice. True. You know, yeah, and if you're lucky to get it in a t- on a tour, even if it's a starter tour. Yeah. Man, the hang in the bus, how you are in a bus mm-hmm. is paramount. 
you know? Mm-hmm. People, Just remember yeah. when you're on a bus, you're at work. Mm-hmm. Remember you that. Know, be cool. You know, be <laughs> oh, you're sharing a house. You're sharing a house. You've you're got roommates. With. It's funny because I'll, I'll describe people I've toured with and be like, yeah, like we lived together. On a bus mm-hmm. in a tin can on the road, but like we lived together for Absolutely. a year or whatever. So you really are you're living with these people, and you get pick feel- up f- pick up after yourself. You yep. know, be be mindful of others and so forth. All and don't always wait matters. for the woman on the bus to do it if there is one. Oh, forget it. I've I traveled have been with the women. mom. I've tra- I've traveled with women all my touring career. You know, Trish and we've always and they're messy. The band. No. Oh no, no. But you know, don't don't. Don't you even dare think that they're going to pick up. (laughs) See, I guess I've been really bad because for years I was always the woman, like the one woman on a bus that was like, okay, I'm going to clean. Well, I just wanted to clean things up because I didn't want to deal with it. And I knew that fighting it was not going to make any difference. So I'm in, I am infamous for cleaning a bus. I'll tell you that much, but all right. So we're going to get into music now. Yay. We've only ever had one other person sing music on our podcast. And that was April. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we were interviewing Lisa Ray, who's Dan and Shay's day-to-day manager. And I was like, April can sing. And I was like, April, you're going to sing. And so she sang. So Heck you're yeah. the first one to come on as a guest, though, and, awesome. and perform. So I didn't even think about it, but April was like, Johnny wants to know if you're going to perform or Sarah. And I was like, yeah, like, let's let's do that. I'm down. I'm like, totally down to perform. To. Here goes April miking the guitar. Sorry, Thank God April knows what she's doing because I would have never thought to do that. (laughs) It would just be my voice like loud and clear. uh, Oops, didn't do that. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And so you guys are going to do Song That's Out Today, Another Fool. That's right. All right. Have at it. All right. I feel like I have a radio show. You're like a DJ. I feel like a DJ chain. All right. I'm ready. There's a whole lot about you I hate to love There's a whole lot about you I love to hate Sometimes you know me like the back of your hand And sometimes you don't know my name Well, don't worry, honey I ain't got the time or money to go down another road And why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know Why would I say goodbye? Just to love and leave you for another guy For the same old, same old boy, girl, shit show And why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know Now this next part's real true This is the truth When you flip on the lights in the middle of the night And you're coming home stupid drunk You wake up in the morning and get the coffee pour And I forgive just what you've done Well, don't think for a second that I'm gonna forget it Even though you know I ain't gonna leave my fool for another fool I don't even know Why would I say goodbye Just to love and leave you for another guy For the same old, same old boy, girl, shit show And why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know Why 
Why would I say goodbye just to love and leave you for another guy for the same old, same old? But girl, shit show. And why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know. Why would I leave my fool for another fool? I don't even know. I ain't gonna leave you, baby. Nah. Yes! <laughs> Great job, guys. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. That was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. So, you guys, that song is out now, Another Fool. It's out everywhere if we did our job right. So. <laughs> Anywhere you see music, you go buy that song online. Go buy that song. You download it. You like it. You comment. You share it with your friends. Mm -hmm. Please, please, and thank you. Do all the things. So, um, thank you guys so much for coming in and and doing the podcast with us. I mean, we're still a little baby podcast, so so nice of you to come and do. Thank you guys. I mean, thank you for the mug. So that's not bad, right? Top twenty. What are you talking about? Your baby podcast. Top twenty on the iTunes music podcast you're not a baby podcast but it's still kind of a baby podcast like we're not like oh y'all are killing it you know we're good we're doing okay it's fun we like it so thank you guys for coming i really appreciate it and thank you april for being our producer and building me a studio thank you april i appreciate that Thank you so much for joining us today on the How I Got Backstage podcast. You can follow our guests at at Sarah Ryder and at Johnny Zhuang. You can follow the hosts, Cassie and Jade, at at Cassie Petrie and at Folia Jade. You can follow the podcast at at How I Got Backstage on Instagram and at I Got Backstage on Twitter. This episode was produced and edited by me, April Galtieri, for Crowdsurf. Music was written and recorded by Cody Falkosky. Special thanks to our publicity team, Dakota Heflin and Nina Kolb. How I Got Backstage is a CrowdSurf production.